Come on, everyone. Come on, let's get a bit of... Come on. Let's get... No dancing. Have we started? Yeah, we've started. <laughs> Come on, let's all get our hands up, everyone, for Christmas. Come on. Right. That's it, Dale. Welcome, everyone, to this CPD-accredited, believe it or not, uh, Christmas hangout, Sing of Yell, and we've got a star-studded guest list today. Right, I'm turning the sound off now. We'll just have it gently in the background. Remember, CPD accredited. Give us a call if you want a CPD certificate at the end of it. And we will be on your podcast later so you can download it and sign up to, onto our YouTube channel so you can receive all our YouTube videos. Right, let's have a look. Who do we have today? Well, we have me, Rudolph Singer. We have Dale Henry. Merry Christmas. Oh, great. Graham up in Scotland. Ho, ho, ho. I love it, I love it, love it. We have Brian, Propland. Hello. Brian, we have Paul. Hello, hello. We have James Leverton. Hi, and we have the car man himself, Bill. Right, here we go. Right, all light-hearted. Right, all light-hearted, Christmassy, all light-hearted. Right, so we're going to... I thought what we'd first of all do is we'd tell you how brilliant Singaville is. We've had not a bad few weeks. We've done some deals, and to show you how the market is working and operating, we're going to tell you about some of our deals. So, Dale, I'm going to hand over to you. And oh, oh, and, and um, our man in Scotland, Graham, also, we've got a few Scottish deals here, so I'll let you two quickly run through them. Okay, thanks, Neil. Um, yeah, as Neil said, we've, we've, we've had a busy few weeks on the sales side, so just briefly to run through what we've, we've been up to. Um, so th this is something we've sold just this week, which is a retail investment in Leeds City Centre, ground floor lockup, let, let to boots, which we sold within about a week, um, quoted 1.586% and sold it to some private investors at 1.6%, so sub 6%. So that was a, a good result. Um, we, uh, this is one of... Yeah, go to Khan. So only yesterday, we sold this little multi-let industrial investment. For, we, we sold it by way of an online clicks purchase artificial intelligence auction yesterday. Um, guided £400,000 and we ended up selling it for, which is 7%, and we ended up selling it for 475, 5.8%. So that was a fantastic result. Um, both ourselves and the client delighted with that one. Um, what else? Uh, we've also Stoke, uh, Stoke Newington, Neil. Um, we sold this retail investment and residential development in London, which uh, we had a lot of interest in. Um, ended up going to competitive bids, and we achieved well over the asking price on that. Um, and then a couple of sales um, up in Scotland. Graham, do you want to have a quick? Quick run through those. Uh, yep, I think Neil showing the thing of beauty, which is a soft play area in Airdrie, uh, which believe it or not, we had four or five bids in that, sold ahead of the asking price in four weeks. Um, I think it appealed to people because it wasn't necessarily retail and they wanted something alternative. And we sold a big retail block in King Street, Kilmarnock, uh, three retail units 
all on rebase rents, regeared leases. And again, we sold that within three to four weeks of marketing at 885,000, which was an attractive yield to the investor of about 10%. Uh, so yeah, we've uh, we've had a few sales and plenty more to come in January. Okay, Dale, we've got some sales. Yeah, any any anyone um, still looking to buy this side of Christmas? We've got we've got plenty of opportunities still. Uh, as you can see, we've got just quickly running through. We've got um, a couple of London opportunities. One. Uh, in well we've got one in Enfield which is a um, retail and resi development opportunity offering with vacant possession we've got some interest in that at the moment but that's still available uh, we've got another one in Good Maze which is a retail and residential investment opportunity um, uh, which we're offering at 400,000 we've got a very well let retail investment in Worcester which we've just recently bought to the market let to Argos um, who are fully owned by Sainsbury's, so highly secure income. That's showing 9%. We've got a um, children's day nursery investment in Watford, um, right next to, as you can see, a, a major new residential development site. Um, uh, that's, again, very secure income, about 12 years unexpired. We've got some retail, warehousing, and supermarket income up in Peterlee, led to Lidl and Pound Stretcher. And actually, Pound Stretcher today only just announced that they're um, they're doubling their their port, the size of their estate to about 800 stores. So they're sort of bucking the trend at the moment. Um, and finally, we've got a um, very nice restaurant investment in Beaconsfield, lovely part of the world, long income about 18 years unexpired, and a multi-let office in Colchester, which is part let to the government, um, 700, quoting 730,000, which is about 8%. And we've got, as Graham said, we've got a number of new sales coming up, which we're working on for January. Um, and we'll have some, maybe even this side of Christmas, um, some, some retail down in Portsmouth. We've got um, some shops up in Perth, in Paisley. We've got a shop coming up in Windsor. So um, plenty still coming through. Thank you, Dale. Thank you very much. Okay, news. Let's talk about the news. Um, your work, everybody can, if anybody's got any news to sh ch chuck over our guests, every, our way, just shout. I would like to talk about eMove. E who unfortunately are no longer. And uh, um, at the same time, it's worth actually having a look at the Purple Bricks share price. Not the Purple Bricks are e-move, but this is the Purple Bricks share price, which has gone this year from nearly five pounds all the way down to what one, today it's 165. So I think um, it's quite a shame really. Anyway, I think that the e-move failure is a great shame actually i think it's a tremendous shame and what's amazed me is how much abuse emove received online i mean i i was looking at um one of the portals and um, when i think it was a state agents today and agents are so happy that they've failed which i think is a great shame because at least they tried something new and they pushed the boat out i think there are reasons for that they may have um failed but i think it's a great shame actually i don't know if anyone else has got any comments on that 
Does anyone, does anyone know? And then we had actually we actually had Russell on as a guest this year, or maybe it was at the beginning end of last year. So I think it was a great shame, really. Did you guys all see that? Did you all see that Emuv had gone? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame, wasn't it? Don't you think so? I thought it was really. Mm, absolutely. At least they tried something. I don't know what's going to happen to the old the whole sector. Anyway, I'm 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 pleased it sparked a great deal of debate amongst us. That's the key. <laughs> That's the key, all right. Okay, so that didn't get very far. Right, I'm gonna ask all our guests the highs and lows of the year. All right, and then I can do mine later. Right, so let's start with Brian. Brian, what's your highs and lows of the year? Oh, we can't hear you. We can't hear you, why can't we hear Brian? Wait a minute, why can't we hear Brian? Why can't we hear Brian? Brian, 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 Brian. Brian, we can't hear you. Your headset's not working. Can you hear us? Oh, we can't hear Brian. All right, we're going to come back to you in a moment once you've sorted yourself out. Graham. Oh, you're back. You're back. You're there. Yeah, we got me now. Yeah, we got you. Right. Yeah, okay. Come on, highs and lows of the year, Brian. Uh, so I think lows of the year have got to be a few. Um, I think the demise of the high street's been, uh, been sort of pretty bad this year. I'm sure that everyone will agree with that. Um, I don't think there was enough done in the budget to, uh, to, try, and, to try and turn that around. Um, I think GDPR has been a, a real pain in the neck this year. Um, everyone's got through it, but um, it's been a bit of a bit of a uh, sort of not a great thing to have to go through. Um, and uh, highs of the year, um, lots and lots of data out there that we can we can start to use, becoming easier to get hold of and um, and, uh, and able to work with it. And um, I think one of the one of the really interesting things is watching um, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook appear in front of Congress. Which, uh, which sort of accentuated the divide between the, uh, the people who understand tech and the people who do not understand tech at all. Right? And that was quite an, an interesting, um, an interesting uh, uh, three or four hours that he spent in front of, uh, in front of the, the TV and the cameras and all, all of Congress. I can't say I saw it, actually. What do you mean by that? What did he... Uh, what, yeah. do, you, do you think he did well or badly? Uh, no, I think he did well, but I think that there was a um, there was a lot of I mean the, the age of the of the um, uh, uh, the the Congress the people in Congress who were who were quizzing him were trying to pretend they knew a lot about tech and knew what the right words to use were, and they'd obviously just been given questions, and some of them just failed miserably, and it it, it showed it showed really badly on the on them when they had a really good chance to uh, to have a have a proper quiz of him in front of in front of the world, and and they failed miserably. Mm. I watched all like the majority of that, and I, f I thought it was incredibly, incredibly interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think some of the questions were were really, you know, very telling. The questions around what Facebook's revenue model was and things like that, and I don't know. I just think there was some really basic questions being asked there, and it was a little bit embarrassing in some respects. And I just think Mark did pretty well uh, under a lot of pressure there. Um, but yeah, very interesting um, to see that. And I think we'll see more and more of that going forward where you have you know, key people who uh, are at the top of data businesses put um, under scrutiny in these situations because the public are demanding that really. You know, they're doing a lot with their data and, and I think they want answers around that. But I think those asking the questions probably need to be a little bit better prepared in some regards. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I think that um, well, maybe it highlights the fact that a lot of people who are in business don't actually understand tech in a way and they're trying to get their heads through it i mean we've seen that a lot 
The, I think the, it was yeah. more people who are in uh, who are in government don't understand a lot about tech, mm -hmm. um, and they're the ones who are making the, the decisions and putting rules and regulations in place, and just not fully understanding what's going on. Well, actually, I've seen that in in, in interpreting Scottish law to do online uh, property exchanges. Uh, whoever wrote the rule book for Scotland doesn't really understand the technology because they've made it so incredibly difficult that it's going to take years before they're able to do it like in England. So there you go. So which is which is much too much to Graham and Doug's. Well, we always um, like to be different, you know that. So yeah, yeah. The yeah. high street. It's um. Do you know I told him today actually, which is a, actually I've, which is really a real shame. So I was at a meeting earlier, and a guy said to me he liked my jacket, right? Which was very nice of him. So he said, "Where did you buy it?" So I said, "Unfortunately, my local shop just just closed. He just shut." Which is such a shame, isn't it? Which actually proves the point. I think GDPR myself, yeah, actually, it was it was a pain, but it wasn't too much hassle, really. You know, in fact, I would say there's um, we interpreted it slightly different to a lot of people. And I had an email from someone at Knight Frank saying, actually, someone at Knight Frank sent me an email saying, can we please add you to our database to receive details? And I wrote to this uh, lady. I said, you actually are not allowed to write to me to ask me if I if I can be added to your database because you haven't got my permission to write to me in the first place, which is the Honda case actually which is actually a well-known legal case so we did look into it a great deal has anyone else had any issues with gdpr because everyone tries to mark it don't they yeah we sort of we have kind of a an issue around around some of that so obviously we provide property information and kind of ownership information this sort of stuff and kind of that fine line between when you're processing the stuff and and creating data sets of property owners and things like that kind of that that line around what you can do and what you can't do does become Quite tricky because we've got lots of tech that we're using to create this stuff but it's actually really powerful and really helpful trying to get deals unlocked and this sort of stuff but actually there's that very fine line of what is right and what's not right and there's kind of the, the bit around kind of whether it's um legitimate business interest and this sort of stuff and kind of whether you can and can't do these things is it truly in that person's interest to do these things and and then those kind of first letters that you send out i think it's really, really i think also yeah, I think also there's a great deal of a misunderstanding. I mean, I've, I was advised by our lawyers that you actually are able to write to people still if they're a business, but you can't write to them if they're a private individual. So the problem is you can write to you know, Bill at Automotive, but if it was Bill at Gmail, I'm not allowed to write to him. So the problem arises with lawyers because lawyers are often personal, but they're under a company email address. They're not actually because they're self-employed. Mm. So I don't know if you guys had I had I, I, I found that was... Um, that's the advice I had. Okay, High Street GDPR. Okay, who wants to go next? Best and worst things of the year. Who's going next? Oh, I'm going to pick on someone. Who's that? Okay, come on, Bill. Can you hear me? We can hear you. All right, excellent. I mean, I've got a lot of good things to say, but I mean, let's start with the bad thing. So, uh, I definitely going to go with the uh, the High Street theme, but more towards Amazon not paying enough tax. Ooh. So, um, that engine house of the Chelsea midfield. Nicole Cante pays more tax than Amazon do. Is that right? Is that right? That doesn't really seem right to me. You know, what do you think about that? Well, I don't know who was his name. The goalie what? Angolo Cante. Yeah, he's the first footballer ever to pay tax. It's amazing. <laughs> is he? Is he? I'm afraid I'm not a football fan, so um, it wouldn't mean much to me. But yeah, it doesn't sound. It does sound a bit. Strange, I, though. Tax, I don't understand how they get away with it actually. The tax should be paid really at the you know where the goods are, are sold from in the UK. 
and they're transported in the UK, but then and they're delivered in the UK, but Amazon aren't paying tax. And so when, as it Mike Ashley and for many other movements in the retail market get up and say the tax system isn't right and is uh, prejudicing the, the high street, surely, morally, that's got to be right. So I think that's a bad thing. I think that the, 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 the tax, I, I mean, I think Amazon is a good thing, but I think that the uh, tax escape is not such a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so that, that would be that would be uh, that would be uh, one of my uh, bad things. And the second bad thing is the government's total and utter neglect of the UK motor industry, uh, both from a manufacturing side, um, and you know that we, we're going to see a threat of jobs and manufacturing leaving the UK. And we've got to a stage in this country where we are making as many cars, or we were making as many cars as we were in the previous height in the 1970s, and the government have chosen to introduce sort of taxation measures and a complete lack of neglect that's going to throw away 30 years of effort. And I think that's a bad thing. And how, what, uh, can you expand upon that for us? What do you mean? You mean in terms diesel? Yeah, I think that the misunderstanding <laughs> about diesel, because whilst we're all after sustainability, um, diesel and other combustion engines are lower in emissions. So the only answer isn't necessarily electric cars. It is possible that uh, vehicles could be designed that will have very low or even possibly in time no emissions. So with a 30% decline in diesel car sales that's happened uh, in, certainly in 2018 year to date, uh, rises in uh, alternatively fueled vehicles and petrol cars at respectively about 6 and 7% can't outweigh that 30% decline and that's impacting significantly on, on major uh, UK manufacturing parts. And they've raised vehicle excise duty, etc, uh, etc. Et so that's impacting particularly on jobs at manufacturing plants. And we'll read the press about Jaguar Land Rover. Land Rover Discovery is now made either in Slovakia or Slovenia and there will be question marks about the continuation of Land Rover production in, in the UK. So I think the government's neglect of that is shameful. Hmm. Can't argue with that. Would you like to hear my good points? We would like to hear your good points. Let's cheer us up, Bill. Okay. Well, first of all, now, if you could put up that nice little picture of the Nissan Leaf. Uh, uh, this year has seen the launch of the Nissan Leaf, which is uh, probably the world's best electric car, uh, best-selling electric car. Uh, this car also has a system called ProPilot, which is a form of autonomous driving, and it has a self-parking uh, facility, and it also has an amazing thing called an e-pedal, which is like rather like a Sky Electrics car, which means you can use the accelerator to, uh, for braking, so it's got regenerative braking. So this is the first of many new vehicles that are going to be introduced into the UK between now and probably 2021. What's it cost? Um, Do you know? Do you know what it costs? It costs about thirty thousand pounds if you can get it, uh, but you would have probably a twelve, possibly a twelve-month waiting list to get hold of that vehicle at the moment. So we have seen the launch of the world's leading electric car in 2018. What do you think? What's the um, range? The range of that car is about 180 miles on a full charge. Wow. And the expectation is with the new models of electric cars, they will get to 400 cars, 
at 400 miles. Wow. But we need charging points, Neil, and charging points is a big opportunity for lots of landlords all over the country. So, for example, as an illustration, BP have bought Chargemaster, and BP across the world have 80,000 80, petrol filling stations, and their intention will be to put uh, Chargemaster and fast chargers into all of those petrol filling stations. Did you think they become, do you think they'll become dual? They'll be both charging and petrol? Yes, they will. But, I mean, in the UK, we've got around about 10,000 um, charging points, which is uh, woefully inadequate. So uh, supermarkets and retail parks, as well as petrol filling stations, need to rapidly embrace opportunities to provide uh, vehicle charging. Interesting. I suppose, I suppose also there will be all the add-on developments um, surrounding it as a result. All right. So that's yeah, a good thing. Extended, extended customer footfall, extended dwell time as cars are charged. There's all sorts of opportunities from the provision of charges for for real estate. <coughs> anyway, my second second good one is uh, the other picture, please, Neil. Uh, this is the uh, Renault Alpine, which is an iconic. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like to have a little joke. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> this is on my Christmas list. This is uh, 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 iconic Renault car, new sports car that they've introduced. Where's it gone? You sent it to me. I, I, can't, I can't find it. Anyway. Don't worry. So Renault have reintroduced the Alpine sports car back into the UK. And that's about £65,000. And it's selling very, very well. And it's a beautiful looking car. Shame we can't see the picture of it. Sixty-five thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gone. For a Renault. I'll try and find it in a moment. Hold on. Let me try and find it. You on just... a serious note, whilst you're faffing around doing that, from a real estate point of view, I guess the two good things are the Koreans buying loads and loads of office buildings in London, as far as I can work it out from colleagues. And uh, yeah, can great... you see that? Can you see that? Yeah. Hey, isn't that beautiful? I thought it was a Porsche actually. Oh, it's lovely. Very nice. Oh, that was a push. That's sixty-five thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, very reasonable at the price. Well, I tell you what, who's this? Who's? I'll tell you what. If you, whoever wins the uh, Christmas quiz today, um, I'll give them the fare to the uh, the showroom to have a look at it. Right. Okay. And what's the best things happened to your business this year? I forgot to ask you, uh, Brian. What's the best things happened to your business this year, Bill? Well, I, I think the same answer that any business like ours would give, which is our client. Yeah. You know, our clients have stayed with us and we provided the best support we can to our clients. And that's that's the epicenter of what we all do. So best thing is our clients. Mm, that's very that's very nice of you. That's what a, how very schmoozy. Right, who's next? Bill, I, actually I'm gonna go back to Brian. Brian, what's the best thing that happened to your business this year? Uh best thing that's happened to ours is um we saw one of our sort of, well, not our competitor, but someone who's still in the industry, a company called Funding Circle, they IPO'd this year. Um, so that's a, a very good thing, shows there's a lot of um, growth in, within our industry, the chance for, uh, for com- other companies to do a similar thing. Um, and there's a, a lot about the, uh, the FCA um, are doing a, a consultation on regulation in the industry. So that, that's good, you know, bringing more, more, more regulation in, which actually I'm, I'm pretty pleased about. Um, and it, it, will, it will do nothing but, but good for the industry. Okay, good. Great. Right. Who's next? Who's next? I'm going to pick on someone. 
Paul. Come on, Paul. Right. Highs and lows, please. Well, I'm always kind of struggling with lows, actually. I don't know. We've had kind of a pretty good year, and I'm sort of struggling to work that out. But I kind of perhaps echo um, the Prime Minister really about the demise of the high street and things like that. And that's kind of a bit of a, bit of a sad thing, and sort of seeing lots of those closures and things. I think the, I guess um, that sort of restructuring of what the high street does and what it looks like, I think, is kind of interesting and will continue to be interesting, I think, going forward. Um, so I was kind of struggling with, with the worst things, really. I think that that probably is the is the kind of the single worst thing that um, that I can think of, really. I think the, the flip side of that is there's a lots of lots of good things that are happening. There's lots of kind of really interesting things, kind of you know in, um, industrial use and stuff like that going completely nuts. I think it is really exciting. And first time one of our clients was talking to me about um, PD rights and, and conversions of things, and they were talking about um, retail and industrial. And the first time I'd heard them was converting. A retail unit into industrial, which just blew my mind. I couldn't really kind of work out. I was assuming they were going to try and buy industrial units, convert them to retail, but the the opposite was the case, which I just just couldn't couldn't believe. Really, it was incredible. Really, um, so that was really interesting. I think the sort of the the best bit for us about this year has been the kind of continued release by the government of of free data sets. So, sort of over the course of the last eighteen months, two years, they've they've released more and more things, and we're kind of used to land registry data being relatively free or freely available and ownership and this sort of stuff. But we've seen things like EPC data and then Ordnance Survey coming on the bandwagon as well and releasing bits and pieces of that and kind of more and more of this happening. I think that's a really exciting thing because I think I think the the property industry is becoming becoming more and more interested in technology and in, in sort of becoming more and more real more and more realizing that they're the kind of the processes that underlie their, their businesses and, the, and how technology can kind of help with that. And I think the more that there's data available that kind of gets people on their own journey with kind of understanding what's out there and how we can do these things, I think is, is really positive because it means there's more automation going through those businesses, more efficiencies and, and kind of the excitement that goes with that. Really. So, so I think for me, that's, that's really exciting. And kind of from our own personal point of view, all that's allowed us to do is, is release another product, which is a free version of our, of our paid for product. Um, so we've now got products out there that people two or three years ago were paying sort of three grand a year for, which are completely free now. And that's purely because the government is, is providing all this free data and that then allows businesses like ourselves to provide that to the um, to the uh, to, you know, to customers. So I think that's really, really exciting. And kind of we've now just hit that 25,000 user mark, um, which is kind of really exciting, exciting for us. So I think that's probably the worst and the best and the best for our business kind of all wrapped up into one, I think. Mm, okay, great. Thank you very much. That's good. A bit of positivity. Right, who's next? Who wants to go next? Scotland. Scotland? Doug? Scotland, yeah. No, I've, cha I've changed my mind on what's bad. A bit like Paul, I was kind of struggling to find bad things, but you know, I've decided Donald Trump is bad. <laughs> he is bad. I Something bizarre popped up in my machine and it was a White House press conference and I started to watch it, and 20 minutes later I was still watching it, and it was the most staggering thing to watch of these journalists asking incredibly pertinent questions of the White House press secretary, and her answer this was the same for 20 minutes. It was absolutely staggering, and I just think the guy is an idiot, and he really is tarnishing the office of the President of the United States, and I think he's bad. He's bad for everybody. Um, he so that, he yeah, he can't be an idiot because he's become president. Well, he comes across as an idiot, though. <laughs> so, um, I mean, his comment about global warming was absolutely—it was absolutely brilliant. You know, they predicted it's going to be one of the worst winters in 
in America for years, and Donald Trump's response was, well, that just shows you global warming's a load of rubbish. So, I mean, you can't really, you can't really <laughs> rationalise with that kind of that kind of stuff. Um, Are we going to talk politics? Oh, because you want to get no, 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 no. I don't mind. It's I don't not mind really politics. It's just more the individual. So um, he's right, I, so he's, a, he's a baddie. Me, so, uh, he's a baddie, right? He's what's, a baddie. What's, what's been good? The weather's been good. The weather was great this year. Um, so um, is that it? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the weather. Well, we don't get good weather in Scotland very often, so we, we rejoice in a, in a great summer, um, which is good for all sorts of things. It just increases people's mood and uh, and everything else. So, um, you know, it's, it's certainly been a challenging year again in terms of investment, but it's still, it's still going. And without mentioning the B word, people still have to keep keep going. The world is not going to stop in the back of that. So, oh, the B word. Uh, yeah. But we're not mentioning it, so... Oh, I think we could mention the B word. I don't mind. If anyone's watching, they're welcome to give us their, our views on the B word. And I can give you the, my, my view on the C word. Right. The, um, right, so, so you're happy. You've had a I good... Good. Yeah. Right. Next guest. Right, come on. Come on, James. Come on, James. What AI, and you know, AI is what it's all about. It is, yeah. Uh, my completely impartial view is AI is exactly what it's all about. Um, look, no, it's been it's been a, a very good year for our business. I'm, I'm very happy with the progress we've made, particularly in the UK, the US, and actually consolidation in, in Germany and Europe as well. Um, I would echo sentiment of of retail and, and retail struggling being a very sad thing. Um, I think just on a personal level, I really enjoy going to the high street um, every now and again, not, not regularly, but um, that's a, a big staple of, of how we live and how we exist and things like that. And I think it'd be very sad to see that change. That being said, I think the way it will change will be that shops will care more about experience and, and experience-driven shopping will, will be the focus. So I think it'll be an evolution rather than a complete capitulation. Um, so... Hopefully it won't change too much and shops will get a bit more creative about things. Um, I also think the Amazon tax point is an incredibly interesting one. Um, I think we really need to think carefully, policymakers need to think carefully about how competitive environments are because consumers are rewarding companies like Amazon for being a monopoly and you need to intervene there in, in the market a little bit and certainly they, they should pay at least their way with taxes. But it's tough. They've kind of got to a size now where... How do you police a company of that size? They've got a bit too big for for government, really, almost, uh, sadly. Um, on, a, on a positive note, um, yeah, like I say, just very, very happy with uh, with our growing client base. Very interestingly, and to sort of um, contradict what I said earlier about retail, our tenant and, uh, and our corporation client base is, is one of the strongest parts of our business at the moment. Uh, so, you know, last year we signed a deal with Sports Direct and a few deals with Sports Direct. Um, we've also signed a couple of deals with some really large retailers this year as well. Those that I can't mention, unfortunately, although I wish I could. What is, what is, um, what is, how would Sports Direct use Leverton? Um, so they own a lot of real estate and property and they want to manage it more effectively and understand what information they have in their lease documents. And also they're a lot more global business than I, I first realized when we start engaging with them. So they've got properties all over Europe. Um, so yeah, yeah. So just managing those leases more effectively and they run a lot of their property out of the UK. So understanding languages and things like that. So yeah, 
and, and we've got other clients very similar in nature, but uh, like I said, can't can't mention them unfortunately. But there should be press releases on that kind of stuff soon, so I can. Uh, so yeah, that, that client base has been good for us. Um, one final thing to mention, I think, uh, is the landlord side of, of business has been strong in terms of people like Derwent, London becoming a client of ours that we we've, we've got their sort of full lease portfolio onto our platform, which is cool. Um, but I think. This, this point around seeing uh, customers running small pilots and not necessarily having the right people in place to, uh, to onboard new technology effectively, I think continues to be a challenge in, in certain parts of the real estate market. So that's maybe a slight bugbear and a challenge for us still. And I hope that uh, in 2019, people invest and think about this. Um, so. It's interesting. We'll see, how, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot that I've seen a huge change in the mentality from lawyers, which yeah. must be your biggest, is that your biggest market? Absolutely not. <laughs> They're actually, uh, lawyers, yeah, lawyers these days actually represent uh, a fairly modest amount in terms of revenue just because uh, end customers and end users, landlords and tenants can benefit a lot from our platform and the big managing agents as well are, are a big client group, the biggest arguably for us. Um, but you're completely right, and actually it's a really good point, that lawyers are thinking about things very differently. So one thing that we've seen is traditionally a lawyer, when they look through lease documents, real estate documents, they'll produce a, a written lease report template, which is basically a regurgitation of the lease with some you know, general comments and annotation to that. Uh, and we're seeing lawyers get a bit smarter and consider things more, more data-focused. So instead of giving their client that, maybe they can give them either access to Leviton or access to... Uh, more of a table of data rather than just a, a written report so it's easy for the client to digest. Okay and I just want to remind everyone that um, if you anybody wants an introduction to any of our guests Brian, Paul, um, Graham, James about what they're offering in terms of um, Bill in terms of advice just let me know and we'll be delighted to put you in touch right so that's good that's positive Right, we've got Dale and we've got Doug. Who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Um, one of my worst things of this year, I, well, again, it's sort of the high street theme, but specifically as, as an investment agent that sells a lot of high street um, properties, I would say specifically the complete abuse of CVAs by retailers this year. Um, it's... it's just been a constant stream throughout the year of, of, of retailers announcing CVAs, whether it's, you know, Maplin, New Look, Toys R Us, Original Factory Shop, the list is endless. And whilst I'm sure, you know, there are some that genuinely have, have been in distress, I think a lot of retailers have been using CVAs as a more of a strategic option rather than what they were designed for originally, which, which was sort of a, a last resort. So um, I think the government needs to take some action um, against these retailers who are just using CVAs as a loophole um, to break their their lease commitments um, problem just... is, yeah the problem is the problem is no one has any sympathy for landlords it's not a vote winner it's well, probably, I, I do it's probably, it's probably a massive vote winner to tax Amazon but I bet it's not a big vote winner to um, to help landlords with their income especially the high street struggling as well. I suspect that trying to trying to limit what the retailers can do isn't going to win votes, is it? It's going to try to help them get through this process, probably more going to win, win more votes than um, the other round, unfortunately. 
Um, and my best thing of 2018, um, I'd say, is undoubtedly Arsenal's drubbing of Spurs last weekend. <laughs> Uh, 4-2. Easy. Walk in the park. Muzzled self. Right. Doug. <laughs> Are you on? Oh, we can't hear you. We can't Can you hear you. Me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yes. Good. Sorry, my connection's not been great today. Um, but uh, yes, good and bad for 2018. Well, well, good was obviously um, teaming up with Graham in the, uh, the middle of the year to join up with Singer VL Scotland and uh, it's, I've really enjoyed um, um, working with Graham for the last few months I meant to say that as well and... that was part of my good as well sorry <laughs> you're, um, out. you're out Graham you're out yep. <laughs> but it's been great to work with it and more importantly to understand uh, from the inside how the brand works and how the technology works um, and um, how strong the, the platform is in the marketplace. So that's been great. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, uh, pushing that forward in 2019. Um, on the bad side, it's on the football theme, I'm afraid. My team are St Mirren, and uh, last year they were promoted from to the Scottish Premiership. But the bad news is um, they have uh, really almost failed to win any more than one match since they've been promoted. So they're now sitting second bottom of the Scottish Premier League. So I'm hoping for better things in 2019. OK. Well, what can I say? What can I say? Right. <laughs> well, if that's, that's, if that's the worst thing that's happened... Not so terrible. Not so terrible. Okay, shall I go? Do you want to hear my best and worst? Yes? Yeah, is that a yes? Yes, yes. 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 Okay, right. The worst thing that's happened this year, in my opinion, is the government's extension of the Help to Buy scheme. I think the Help to Buy scheme is the worst thing ever for, for over-inflating the housing market by making a, a false level. In fact, I think it's put money in the pockets of um, developers, by, by which we're basically funding as the taxpayer. I don't know if, I don't know if, um, do you have the help to buy in Scotland? Do help to buy in Scotland? I mean, uh, I yes, we do. Yes. I don't know if anybody, we do. I don't know if anybody, everybody realizes how it works. What happens is this, is that you want to, you go and buy a flat in London for half a million pounds, get a mortgage of 300 you've saved up 50 grand you borrow off the government 150 so it's interest free for five years and then in five years i think it's five years and after five years you either you've either sold your property or you start paying back the government um uh, uh, so you actually uh, uh, your costs go up in theory i suppose you're earning more money so therefore you can pay more more of a mortgage the problem though is this is that it's only on the first sale of a property so when that person who's bought their flat for half a million pounds in London, which is not a lot in London, decides they want to sell it to move up, the next person has got to find either, they can't get a mortgage more than say 300. So instead of having a 50,000 pound deposit, they've got to find 200,000 pound deposit. Or alternatively, they go down the road buy another brand new property, which is on the help to buy scheme, which they can buy for half a million pounds with 50 grand deposit. The result is the person who's bought the first property is locked. They can't get out. They're stuck. Or they sell, they, they sell, but the next property they buy is not going to be half a million. It's going to be 350. I think it's the most terrible scheme. I think it's going to, become, it's going to come out as a scandal. I think it's, I think it's the, the worst thing. I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but I think it's a complete disaster. Now, 
<laughs> Come I'd on. like to offer some opinion on this. I'm just trying to think. Um, I think it's terrible. I mean, in principle, getting young people in the housing market in areas that are very expensive, uh, I think obviously that is a positive thing. Uh, I think your point about sort of locking them in when they're trying to sell it out the other side is an interesting one. As far as I'm aware, in terms of deposit, you know, I think around 10, maybe a little bit more, 20% is reasonable in London. I don't, I don't know. Um, I haven't bought a house yet, but uh, it's something that we'll consider. I, I know you have quite a lot of restrictions around like the value of the property and things like that. I think it's, I think it's up to five or 600,000. I, I, I can't remember. I just think it's a little bit less than that. I think it's near 450, less? but... Is it? But the problem is, is the, the point is that all it's doing, you think about it, it's overinflating the market. When governments get involved in overinflating markets, it always leads to problems. So that's my, my, it's my view. I know, that's my view. It kind of does encourage developers to get the schemes out the ground, doesn't it, I guess? So if we've got kind of missions that are, that are not being built, then actually having that stronger housing market and those kind of first-time buyers that can, can then get into the marketplace, it sort of helps free that up. Obviously, the, it's a short-term fix and that kind of, well, how do I dispose of this property once I bought it? becomes a challenge obviously but I suppose it it does get you to that short-term issue we've got permissions sat around can we get them built can we get them out the ground um I guess that having that that marketplace where young younger generations or kind of um the, the first-time buyers can can get onto that like, I think or, or you could take the view you could take the view that actually um the it means that they pay too much for the land probably yeah. and therefore and therefore they're gonna um the land, they should actually basically they're going to take a loss on the land and build out at the price the market can afford to pay yeah most developers don't want to do that though so if i pay something for a piece of land i don't want to kind of then take a loss on it no but they might have to that's that's anyway yeah. so I, that's that's my view anyway that's my i think that was a i think that was a um a, a terrible thing the government did right the best thing right the best Bill, thing Bill, Bill, can i ask a question there hmm. um, did you ask the ceo of Simon what he thought about um, interesting point that the uh, the right to buy well we basically helped pay his bonus he was quite in favor of it yeah i bet he was <laughs> what did he get 100 million was it, what was it? 70 odd i think yeah i mean it wasn't bad was it wasn't bad okay so that's the that was my yeah, worst thing for everybody is what i'm trying to say yeah i know oh well yes okay i think the other thing just to add something onto this actually i think it's probably an interesting topic without getting too economicy but um, obviously, the interest rate environment's changing as well. So I think if you think about, you know, I'm 26, if you think about the generation of around my age and they're looking to buy property, they've probably never seen a high interest rate environment, or they certainly won't remember one. So I think people will go into buying property uh, without really considering, you know, the actual repayments if the interest rates go to like 5 6%, say, or something crazy like that. I don't think it's going to happen in the near term, but... I don't think people think about that too much. Like, what happens if the interest rates go up and I actually maybe can't can't pay my mortgage anymore? Yeah, that could lead into the B word debate. Actually, um, <laughs> we might come back to that in a moment. Okay, right. Shall I, shall I talk about good things? I'd like to talk about some good things that have happened this year. So the first, the good, the first, the thing that I think was really good was this. Was this? Where is it? Here we go. The government issued a cons. Have you got that? Right. The government yeah. issued a consultation about make how to sign documentations electronically, and I th that was and that was a consultation which opened on the twenty first of August. We actually got involved in that. 
because of what we do with our online signatures. And in fact, I went in and met the Law Commission, who were very, who were absolutely delightful. And they were looking at, does the law need to be changed in order to allow for the electronic execution of a document? And does the law need to be changed in order to allow a deed to be signed online? And their preliminary conclusion is the law does not need to be changed in relation to electronic signing. And of course, we've been doing that with our click to purchase system. Deeds, they are, they are proposing something which I don't think is workable. In, but the point is, is actually a great step forward, I think, for everyone. So that, I think, is a is a great thing um, in terms of uh, business. In terms of the other thing that I think is one of the best things of this year is, without doubt, Faye dancing last week in Strictly Come Dancing, which was one of, it brought a tear to my eye. Did everybody, does, everybody, does everybody watch Strictly? I missed it, Neil, unfortunately. Oh, come on. You, 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 you've got to go onto YouTube. It's the best thing ever. I just got four tens. I got four tens. <laughs> anyway, so I thought that was um, best for me. I can't stop watching it enough. Right. And the, the, in terms of um, business, the best thing that happened to us business wise was this. I'm going to share my screen again. The best thing was this. This was the first. AI auction concluded worldwide and it was using the click to purchase system and in fact what was interesting is this was this was uh, concluded by um, an agency in Dublin who sold a house and uh, this was a few months ago and I'll just let it run through so people who aren't familiar can see how it works basically what we did is we put a bot behind our auction room our auction room emulates the traditional ballroom experience so you bid in real time and uh, you know you can say so the auctioneer is saying are you sure are you any more bids etc and it, it we watched this auction and i think it went for three hundred and forty-five thousand euros against a reserve of 250 and the feedback was great the the thing about the auction is that it's because it's electronic as a complete audit trail um it gets recorded in blockchain there's digital signatures even though you don't need a signature in an auction but you've got that audit trail and it worked really well so we actually i thought that was a great thing for us as a business or a side business so to speak um and I, we were we were really quite i was really quite proud of that and in fact dale yesterday as he mentioned concluded a an auction which was a property we were selling in calm and that went for an, by an ai auction that was the first commercial auction in the UK or in England and Graham and Doug you'll be pleased to know I'm busy working on being able to give it to you in Scotland so I would suspect by mid-January you'll be doing auctions in Scotland so that is the highs and lows of the year right now should we have predictions for the year who wants to start on the predictions right let's start again Brian what is your prediction for the year uh, so prediction for the year is um, we've got the Rugby World Com Cup coming up in Japan um, I'm pretty confident Scotland are going to make it out of the uh, of the heats, the first rounds, and hopefully make it uh, maybe to the semi-finals. That would be a very nice prediction. Um, second one, a little bit more off the wall, is um, Apple is currently sitting on about $250 billion worth of cash. Uh, they are pretty keen to try and get closer to their clients, um, and I think they've probably got their eye on another company that is very 
um, very similar to them in the fact that they are uh, heavily engineering based and heavily design based. And I'd expect at some point in 2019 to see some sort of financial tie up between Apple and Tesla. Really? Oh, that's a cool. I'm going to write that one down. I'm going to come back to the next year. Tesla, that's a good one. Okay. Let's go in order. It's easy. Dale, Dale, what do you think? Uh, my prediction, um, well, on the pro on a property theme, uh, my prediction is just really co-working, and I think co-working in general will just continue to transform the uh, the office and the occupational market throughout. So that's my prediction that you're going to see a well, we're already we're already seen it this year, but I think that would just continue at a pace. So that's right. my my property prediction. Doug? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for stability. Stability is what we've all been um, missing for the last three to six months. And, you know, whatever happens next week, um, we will at least know, hopefully, some form of direction of travel. And uh, that um, will take that issue, hopefully, off the table. And a consequence of that, one would hope, would be in Scotland, uh, the independence uh, issue may also come off the table. If that happens, I think we can look forward to a, a more fluid market than we've seen for the last six to 12 months. Um, and uh, that's what's in my letter to Santa. Can't hear me, can you? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, Neil's just forgotten to unmute. Sorry, sorry, I'm late. here I am. Come on, Graham. You're the, I, I was, What's the Scottish for Santa? Santa. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on, what's your prediction? Oh, my prediction. All oh, right, okay. My yeah, prediction. Sorry, Doug, I did hear you. We did hear you. It's my fault. Yeah. Come on, Graham. Oh, me? Sorry. Right, okay. Well, in a similar vein to Brian, uh, I predict that Scotland are going to go to Twickenham on March the 17th this year, or 2019, and they're going to beat England for the first time in 36 years. That's never going to happen. <clears throat> win the Grand Slam, and I'm going to be there. So um, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I think on the property side, I think the high street will continue to struggle, unfortunately. Um, but echoing what Doug says, I just, I just hope we get a bit of stability and um, things, will, things will start to motor. Mm. Okay, James? Um, my prediction is uh, relating to property is that we're going to see more technology companies or technology-backed businesses featuring more predominantly on the high street. So uh, I'm sure you probably read about Amazon buying Whole Foods, uh, which is obviously a very US-centric brand. We do have examples of it in London and another place in the UK, I think. But uh, I think you'll see it's all about getting um, online purchase goods to clients or to, to customers quicker. Um, so I think you might see an interesting dynamic where you see someone like Amazon or another similar big data-driven business or, or technology business buying some sort of high street chain or brands just so they can get to market quickly and benefit from that. So I don't think it's all bad news from retail's perspective, but I think we'll see some consolidation. Um, and obviously from, from traditional players as well, I just think you know, retailers will continue to uh, consolidate and, and we'll see more sort of sports direct buying um, house of Fraser that that kind of scenario so uh, yeah 
I hope you're wrong about retail, everyone. I, I'm not as pessimistic as actually as as, as most people seem to be. But anyway, on that side, um, Paul, what's your prediction? So my prediction is kind of about um, adoption of technology in the. In the I think I think what what we're seeing is um, that sort of technology focus, technology part of this this kind of prop tech thing. I think it's getting better. I think it's getting better people into it. I think it's getting um, continued investment. I think it's becoming clearer in its kind of take to market strategy, its kind of value proposition. So that there's kind of this issue at the moment, I believe, in a lot of technology, a lot of technology companies out there trying to sell stuff to people. And I think some of that stuff is quite hard to get your head around. And sometimes it's quite hard to work out, well, if I'm a property investor, how do I use AI? How does that kind of work? And how does, I think those those take to market strategies those technology companies are going to get better and simpler and easier to understand and therefore that adoption of the of the technology within the property sector not just about radius and it's not just about costar i think there's going to be it's because it's going to be much clearer much better people much better much more investment into that into that sector but i think that that adoption is going to be a lot easier as a as a kind of general thing i think we've sort of seen prop tech as being a little thing that sat on the side that is now becoming very sort of forefront and very much forefront of people's minds, I believe. And I think as that as that sector improves, I think that will become easier to adopt. I think that's when you'll see much, much better traction. You know, um, James and I were at a conference. Um, was it last week, James? Or was it last week or the week before? Where, where, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah, where Andy Baum, Professor Andy Baum, showed this graph of um, the prop tech adoption. And it sort of goes up. You have all this hype. And then it comes down when people realize actually it's not what it used to be was expected and then it sort of starts coming up again i can't remember where he thought we were on that graph we'd certainly see i think we passed this massive yeah. peak i think it was on the, on the way down basically the way down. and then it'll go down and then it'll, people start realizing actually it's it's there to help so it'd be interesting what happens actually bill what's your prediction well i've got a few i think 2019 is going to be the moving year in mobility technology, so endorse the technology news. Volkswagen Group have committed 40 billion to developing autonomous cars, uh, electric cars, and mobility services. So that's going to start to have an impact. The iPhone is the, the center of that. Many of us have iPhones. They're expanding the range of services that they can offer as far as mobility services. So I think that companies like Uber, Lyft and Get are going to be the people providing the services. I think that means there are going to be less cars parked and more cars moving. So essentially there will be more cars on the road and that will have impact across every real estate function and asset. Okay, thank you very much. Right, last prediction is mine. Okay, so my prediction is this. I predict that one of the large residential house builders will go bust. So I think that's cheery, isn't it? <laughs> but I think I think it's highly likely, actually, because I think they are it's I think the market it has if the reports are all saying the housing market is down, it's a lot worse than that. So um that's what I think. So I, I wouldn't rush to buy a house if, if I were if I were you, James, that's, that's my my prediction. So that's that. Now, um, I'm gonna have, we've got our Christmas quiz coming up now, but I'm very quickly gonna as we're on as Graham brought up politics, and I'm gonna mention the Brexit word. 
with a bit of luck, I'm going to say that um, Theresa May is going to get her her um, agreement through Parliament next week, and that's the end of it. And I think she will. So I'm I'm. Here, I'm here. Yeah. I would, I would bet on that. I think, I don't think it's gonna. I think it's all a lot of uh, hot air. So that's what I think is going on. Right? Should we have a Christmas quiz? Who wants a Christmas quiz? I do. Wanna... I do. Right. Yeah. Right. Listen, it's fingers on buttons. All right. Fingers on... <laughs> now, what I've done, what I've done is I've got three categories, and each I've got a question very much relating to our guests. So one in each section, I've got. I'm going to talk. I've got a question relating to finance. I then got a question relating to um, maps. I've got a question relating to artificial intelligence, and I've got a question relating to cars. So you should each have, you should each actually have an advantage in your particular field. All right. Okay. It's like a question of sport, home and away. <laughs> actually, I should have given you a joker, shouldn't I? I should have given you a joker, right? So it's the first one to shout out, and no one at Singerville knows these questions. So you're welcome to join in, the three of you, except me. I, of course, I know the answers. Right, so the first one, fingers on buzzers, because this is not really CPD, this is just a bit of Christmas fun, right? Fingers on buzzers, on the lending theme, which banker famously said, greed is good? Gordon Gecko. Yes, Bill, absolutely, he's good, he's good. Look, Gordon Gecko, and there he is, there he is. So that's one point to, one point to Bill, there he is. Look at him, didn't he look good? Didn't he look good? Huh? Right, that's okay. Excellent. So that's one to Bill. Next one. Right, this is on the theme of um, maps. Okay, and I'm going to share my. I'm going to share a screen here. I feel like. There we go. Share a screen. Okay, theme of maps. All right. Let's. This is going to be a good one. Right. Indiana Jones was famous for using maps to find his treasure. What was his first name? Indy. No. Indiana. <laughs> no. Anyone? Anyone? Eric. No. Actually, Dale, you should actually know. Ah. Uh, Henry. Yes, Henry. <laughs> actually, Dr. Henry Wharton. Dr. Henry Wharton. One to Dale. That's good, wasn't it? That was a good one. Well done, Dale. Well done, Dale. Very good. Okay. The next one. Um. It's another movie question. It's, it's all a movie. Which AI machine was famous for hunting humans? Predator. No. Terminator. Yes. Yes. Arnie. And there he is. Arnie again. Arnie, my hero. There he is. Look at this. This is a, so far, 3.31s. And the last one, actually, my famous, my favourite question of the day, actually. Let's see who can get this. I, James, I'm going to let you off because you probably won't get this one, to be fair to you. Which 1973 comedy movie shows driverless cars set in the future? That's the future. Which 1973, it was a comedy. Herbie. Nope. <laughs> Nope, nope. Set in the future. The Jetsons or something. You can't get it, can you? You no one's no one's got it, have they? No one's got it. No one's got it. Okay. I will give you a clue. I will give you a clue. It was a Woody Allen film. Oh. Come on. The sleeper. Yes. Oh. Hold on. You just looked that up. 
I haven't looked that up. You looked that up, didn't you? No, I, I got our AI engine to, uh, to you tell just me the answer. I'm, not gonna, I'm sorry, I'm not giving you a point. That, that was cheating. You definitely looked that up, didn't you? I, I didn't look it up. Someone sent me the answer. I'm sorry. Uh, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a, that, I'm giving you minus one for that. Ooh. Minus one. Right, let's move on. We have to have a tie break. Well, we haven't finished yet. We've got, long to, we've got a long way to go yet. No, I wanted to show everyone this. I wanted to show, hold on. I wanted to show everybody this picture. Hold on. Where is it? Look. Has anyone, look, Woody Allen, it was one of the funniest movies. In fact, actually, not only was this film the first movie to predict driverless cars, but it also predicted artificial intelligence. See, look. See? Don't say I don't do my research for you. I hope AI has come a little bit further than putting a colander in your head. <laughs> well, he seemed to get away. I can inform you it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, next, right, the next one, the next one. Right, okay, now we're going to get, okay, so there's the movie section. Right, business, right, back to loans. So, Brian, this is your, I'm expecting big things from you here. Okay, here's a good one. Right, the Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation, known as Freddie Mac, was created in 1970 in order to expand the secondary mortgage market in America. And for those who've never heard of Freddie Mac, here it is. There's Freddie Mac. Okay, you can see that. Yeah. Now, Moody's, what happened? Right, what happened on the 22nd of August 2008? Uh, they defaulted. They, yeah, you're close. He's close. They shut down. Well, there was, no, that's not quite right. It's, just before before they shut down. No, okay. I'm going to give you. I'm going to tell you the answer because it's actually very interesting. Moody's changed the credit rating from for Freddie Mac from A1 to BAA3 straight away, and that resulted in their investment grade, of course, going off the wall. And the government of America then bailed them out. The tune of does anyone know? Hey, look, it's a wild card. I've got a wild card question coming. Do you know? Has anyone got? And don't look it up, James. Don't. James, I'm watching your eyes. I don't intend James, to. James, right, watch my eyes, James. Watch my eyes, James. How much did they get bailed out for? Got to be in the trillions. Yeah. Agreed. How much is a trillion? Well, is it well? Is is a trillion a thousand million or a hundred? I don't know. Trillions, what a thousand billion, isn't it? A thousand. Okay, actually, it wasn't that much. It was a hundred billion. A hundred billion. They got bailed out by the government for a hundred billion pounds. Isn't that a lot? amazing isn't it amazing right next question come on you're getting very excited here i can see the buzz the buzz right maps we're on to the map thing now this is your area paul right here we go digital mapping is the process by which a collection of data is compiled and formatted into a virtual image the primary function of this technology is to produce maps nimbus maps that give accurate representations of a particular area detailing major roads etc etc what is digital mapping also known as? GIS. What? Geo-information geo systems. Well, it may be. That's not, <laughs> not what I'm going throw it down here. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll think some more. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a point for that because it just sounded like a good answer. But I don't know if it's true or not. Has anybody got any clue? Anyone? No? Anyone? Um, what'd you say? Cartography. Yes. Did you know Asking that? Yes. Did you know that? <laughs> Looked it up. No, you, didn't. 
You promise you didn't look that up? I promise I didn't look it I'm going to give you two points. That was excellent. That, I, that's, that's a really good answer. Very good. Right. Okay, James, it's your area now, James. Look, you better not screw this one up. No cheating. Let's get back to parity. No cheating. No cheating. Okay. Right. Um, it's actually quite easy. But it's first on the fingers mm -hmm. on the buzzer, right? So much pressure on this. Which, which company is reported to invest the most in artificial intelligence? Google. Google. Yes. Google. Oh, wow. Okay, fine. Very good. That was Google. Very good, Paul. But it wouldn't be the obvious answer. But... Well, actually, do you know how much they've invested? I think I hope okay. all our viewers are finding this very interesting. I think it's very interesting. Do you know? Five hundred million, something like that. Something crazy. What did you say? Five hundred million, something stupid like that. Two hundred million, more. Wow. A billion. Three point nine billion. And I can tell you that click to purchase AI auctions did not cost that. Three point nine billion. Do you know what? Who's next? Amazon. Amazon probably. Who said Amazon? Me. <laughs> Amazon were next. They they've they've actually invested in comparison only eight hundred and seventy million. Just shows you. Pocket change. Pocket change. All right. So who got that one? That was Paul, wasn't it? Okay. Right. Here we go. This we're coming now to. Um, we're coming now to. Cars. So Bill. Bill. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, we've got a prediction from Rob Simmons. We'll come back to that in a moment, Rob. Right, Bill, this is your area. Okay, so how many people in the UK own a car according to the RAC? What percentage of the, what percentage of households own a car? Seventy-six. How did you? Where did you get seventy-six from? Who said that? Graham, his brain. What did you say, Bill? Eighty-two. Yeah. It's actually seventy-seven. Oh. oh, I must get a point for that. I'm going to give you a point for that. Thanks. Uh, okay, okay. All right, here's it. Bill, you can redeem yourself, right? What percentage of the population has access to a car? 95. No, less than that, I thought. Way out. Yeah, probably about 85. Mm. Any more guesses? 70. <laughs> Mm. 79. 79? Yeah. Any more? Who hasn't guessed yet? 76. Who hasn't guessed yet? Doug, have you guessed? 81. 81. 81. 81. Pull that one out of the bag. Right. Okay, so we've got one round to go, and I'll just give you the... Um... Is that the end of the car questions? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's more. There's more to come. Are there any Christmas questions? <laughs> Uh, no, I've done all that. I, you know, Chris, I mean, you know, I'll put I'll put a song on for you in a minute if you want. Look, I'll get, do you want some yes, background? Do you want some background music? All right, look, I'll tell you what. Put some background music on. Right, how about this one? Here we go. Look. Here we go. Look. Anyway, but we'll cut that because I've still got questions to go. Right, property world, right? This is the property world. Oh, I've got no chance. Hold on. Who's winning? Hold on. The, we've got... Ah, okay. Bill's on two. Paul's on two. Graham's on two. James is on minus one. The cheating. 
Okay, so here we go. Property world. Right, the first one is the debt question. It's a good one. What? Again, you can shout out. What is the average debt per household in the UK? Sixteen. Pardon? Twenty. Who said sixteen? Graham. That's wrong. <laughs> Does this include mortgages, presumably? Yes. It, uh, get off your laptop. <laughs> hands in the air. Can you put your hands in the air, please? How am I going to Google it if I don't know if it's going to include mortgages? Pardon? How am I going to Google it if I don't know if it's going to include mortgages? Anyway, including mortgages, what's, it's actually quite worrying. What do you it's think? Probably about two hundred and fifty grand. No, it's actually you're you're way out. Actually, uh, about eight sixty thousand. Yeah, it's. I'm going to give that to you, Brian. It's actually fifty-eight thousand, which actually I I think is really worrying. Think about it. That's that's the average debt um, per household. And the other thing that's that I think is really worrying is overall in the UK, um, we owe one point six trillion, which works out to an average of twenty-four thousand pounds per person, including babies. If you think about twenty-four thousand pounds. There's the average debt per person. Isn't I that thought we shared the US numbers. Well, what's Imagine it? Imagine the US would be frightening. Maybe. Maybe. Right, come but on, this is a fun quiz. It is fun. Trump <laughs> made a great uh, statement the other day. Pardon? Uh, in fact, Trump made a great statement the other day talking about the national debt in the, in the States and just said he didn't really care about it because he wasn't going to be around when, the, when it all came around. See? <laughs> <laughs> Told you. <laughs> yes, yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good view. Right, okay. Here's a good one. Here's a very easy one. Fingers on buzzers. Maps, Paul, your specialty question again. Specialty mm. subject. Do you want to double up and play your joker? <laughs> <laughs> right. This is a good... What is the length of Oxford Street? Ooh. Can I Google it? Uh, two miles. No. One and a half. You, you've, had a, you've, had your, you've had your guess. <laughs> I'll take miles or kilometres. I don't mind. Seven kilometres. No. No, 0.8 miles. No. 1.7 kilometers. 1.5. Who said 1.9 what? <laughs> Me. 1.9 what? Kilometers. 1.9. Miles or kilometers? Uh, miles. <laughs> no. <laughs> 1.9 kilometers. <laughs> Who said that? Who said 1.9 kilometers? Me. <laughs> no, you've already had your guess. I think it was Brian, wasn't it? Was that Brian? Who said 1.9 yeah. kilometers? Hands up. Right, Brian. Brian's look, he's, he's in commanding equal first. Right. So it's all down to the last question. All down to the last. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's not. I've got two questions to go. I've got two questions to go. Does that include New Oxford Street? No. <laughs> oh, that's why I was including it. Yes, yeah, so was I. Yeah, so it's 1.9. I've got, look, I was going to say, okay, I'm, I've actually got a trick question here. I'm actually not even going to ask you, but there was a trick question. What is the most significant AI to enter the property market in 2018? But we all know the answer to that, don't we? We all know it was click to purchase. So we're not, I'm actually going to, I'm going to pass on that one. Because we've got one, two, three, we've got four people on two points, and we're coming into the final question. And it's, Bill, you've got the clear advantage because it's about cars. Not from previous experience. Okay. Depart this is from the department. You've probably read this, Bill. You probably read this when you couldn't sleep one night. Department of Transport Road Traffic Forecast Report 2018. Road traffic um, levels are forecast to rise by between 17 
and 51% by 2050. All right, how much are average journey times expected to increase? 50%. 90%. Oh, you're doing a percentage. Hold on, I better get my calculator out. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're saying percentages? All right. 70%. 42. <laughs> Any more guesses? 30%. 30%. 30, right. I'd say 30 minutes. Just to be awkward. 20%. That's like, I don't mind 30 minutes. So hold on. What's, what's, what's everyone said? Shout out again. 90. 90%. 50. 70. James? 30. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Graham Dale? 42%. 40 minutes. Okay, actually, who said 30? Doug. 30 minutes. That's Doug. Actually, you're all way out. 17%. It's going to go up from, it's going to go up, the average journey time is going to go up from 17 minutes to 20 minutes. So on that note, yeah, that's what it says. That's what it says. So on that note, I'm afraid we have no outright winner. We have, we have one, two, three, four, we have five people on two points, which just shows that our, our guests are all of equal intelligence. We have... <laughs> or equal stupidity. We have Dale on one point, <laughs> and we have James on minus one point. <laughs> Never helps to cheat. Never helps to cheat. So that's it, guys. Right, so that's it. That's it. Look, quarter past two, our longest hangout of the year. Anybody who wants CPC, you can have it for free. You don't even have to answer a question. And I'm... Oh, hold on, Rob Simmons. I predict that the European Parliament will become a nationalists emporium after elections in 2019 the euro will fail this will benefit the uk investment market that's cheery <laughs> <laughs> on that cheer and the oh and i'm gonna give an award i have to give an award L last year you may remember the singerville surprisingly won agency of the year at the singerville of the year and it was but this year i'm going to give an award for the most the person who's watched more of our hangouts than anyone else Jonathan Corrin. Hello, Jonathan. Who has watched, I think, every one. Because he's asked for Jeez. a certificate every single time. So, well done, Jonathan. I'll tell you what, we'll give you a discount on any set instruction you give us in 2019. So, guys, that's it. Quarter past two. I'm going to play us out. Should we play you out? Here we go, look. So, guys, I think all that's left is we should all have a little wave goodbye to the... Well done. <laughs> Well done. Thanks, Neil. So thanks very much, and I hope that was a bit of fun. Thank you very much for all your help throughout the year, everyone. All right? Toodle it. Thanks, Neil. Yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot, Rob. Bye. Thank bye. You. bye. Bye.